It's Tuesday, December 29th, 2020, and you're listening to America's number one side dish to accompany your usual plate of conservative podcasts. This is the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. This week's episode is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. For all your EDC stuff, which stands for Everyday Carry, Conceal Holsters, Stay Ready Gear. And use the code STEAK at checkout for 15% off. Also brought to you by ManRubs. Use STEAK15 for 15% off. They have really cool t-shirts, rubs for your meat, the good meat. Giggity. You're good to go. STEAK15 at checkout. Donate it. Also, Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California and the rest of the United States for over a decade. Mike's got all your needs for firearms, firearms parts, and all those accessories, including ammo. Take care of your droves. He's an FFL. Hit Mike up on Facebook at West Coast Survival Arms via telephone at 619-870-6992 and by email at info at westcoastsurvivalarms.com that's mike at westcoastsurvivalarms.com for all your firearms parts and accessory needs and this is the people's podcast let's get it started yeah people's podcast one people we're not gonna lie it took us about half an hour to get through, <laughs> through that intro today whatever you do if you're ever in the uh, business of starting a podcast right before you're about to start recording your intro do not under any circumstances take a small but proper sip of a beer. <laughs> or shotgun three beers. Or eat a whole family-sized bag of hot Cheetos. There we go. Yeah. Oh, man. Extra. Extra yeah. hot. <clears throat> right. How was everyone's Christmas? It was all right. I didn't really get to celebrate it much. What? Why? You're busy, man. Super busy. Busy doing what? Fucking celebrating. Celebrating. Well, you just said you didn't get a chance to celebrate it that much, but then you said well, you were busy celebrating. Other, you know? That makes no fucking sense. She had to work the mornings, and I worked overnight. So I went up to my mom's, and then when she got off work, she went to her family's while I was sleeping. Okay. So we celebrated the day after. I got a brand new 65-inch OLED TV. Oh, you did? From yeah. Costco? Uh, she got it from Best Buy. Oh, nice. How Best much was Buy. it? She went and paid that extra money to buy it at Best Buy. I like it. Well, her brother yeah. works at Best Buy. Well, he's a representative for Sony at Best Buy. So he stands in, like, the black T-shirt, not the blue. Oh, he's that guy when you're rocking back. like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Nah, yeah, you like football? Know. You like watching clearer stuff on TV? He does camera stuff, so no TV stuff. Okay. But uh, we got the Sony Xperia 65-inch, brand new. Like How much are those like retail? They're expensive, right? More expensive than the LG because LG makes the panels for OLEDs. Okay. So Sony has to buy. Is this a new sponsor? <laughs> yeah, probably. Be. Sony? <laughs> so that's a Costco now. The TV I want is the QLED or whatever the, the fuck Samsung it's called. QLEDs? Yeah, no, the LG one. Oh, yeah, the LG OLED. It's only like $3,600 for the 75-inch. Oh, my oh, my God. God. The 75 is honestly a lot bigger even though it's only 10 inches. Mm-hmm. The def, but, like the length is longer. Yeah. That's it's right. like significantly they, longer. They measure TVs by diagonal. diagonal. Which is such a load so of when crap. You go to, oh, wow. When you go 10 inches diagonally longer, you can imagine how much longer you are lengthwise. Yeah. Sounds like a dude came up with that. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. Lying well, on measurements. I have a 75 incher in my uh, living room. Pants. That's fantastic, huh? How do you like it? It's great. You see everybody's like... Freckles and yeah, shit. Shaving. Imperfections. Shaving irritations. And, <laughs> Stuff of that nature. So, how was your Christmas? Yeah, how was your Christmas? It was good. Um, <clears throat> I haven't been at work forever, so. I like it. Why aren't you? Why haven't you been at work? 
because my wife had another baby. Oh, nice. Congrats. Another one. Just another three. one. Another one. No more. Um, what's, what's but it was good. Coming? Yeah. Wait, you said not another? No. You sure? No, no more. Um, it was good. I think it Wait, you said, you said, is he sure? And he said, no, no more. I am sure. Was that no semicolon or no comma? No apostrophe. Did you get your ship burned or did she get No, not ship? yet. I'm going to get my uh, ship burned. Nutsack singed. We'll now take a moment of silence for Nick's nutsack. Um, Amen. And there it is. So <gasps> once that happens, my voice will probably go really high. No, but Christmas is good. Um, I think when you become a dad, and you can probably attest to this, mm-hmm. Christmas for you kind of loses its luster. It's more about what you like your kids and seeing them happy. Well, wouldn't um, you wouldn't you agree that as you get older, you just want to see your parents happy as well? Because when I celebrate with my parents, not really. No. You guys don't want to see your parents happy? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to my mom in nearly a decade. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Savage. Well, my father's past. God rest his soul. He would love this podcast. Tell you that much. It just got so dark in here. R.I.P. Um, but it was good. I think my kids are at such an easy age to please, so getting them like super cheap toys off Amazon and pretty. Simple. My kids weren't are not as easy to please. My kids are so young that if you get them like action figures that are like this big, then they're good. Dude, yeah. even in my late teens, my dad would still buy us gifts from the ninety nine cent store. How, still like some no of the idea. best gifts I've ever had. How dare he? They were just like toys that would maybe last a week, but that's all you need out of Christmas gifts, honestly. That's true. Because during the year, you buy your kids like things that they want or need. They want or or need. Like, when'd you buy the Nintendo Switch for your kid? The year it came out. That was like four years ago. Yeah. So. Damn. Yep. My son still plays the shit out of that thing, but what he's playing a lot now of is his new VR. Yeah, that's a big gift. That though. his seven-year-old ass got. How yeah. much is that thing? Um, I'll say it starts at two ninety nine, just in case my wife decides to listen to this episode. Two hundred ninety nine. Yeah, it starts at two ninety nine. That's what it says on the ads. Oh, so yeah. not. No, I mean you could put a one at somewhere in between that, probably in the front. Good God. for everything. Yeah, yeah, including the games, yeah, the, the ergonomical headset for the little kids, the for the VR, points right? In the VR, yeah, the wireless one, so that he doesn't kill himself. So basically, like... basically half a mortgage payment. Yeah, they have like Grand Theft Auto in VR. No. They do. No, they, they, well, they have Grand Theft Auto World in VR Chat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting for... Dude, that VR Chat video that you showed me, I sang for like an hour. Yeah, that's pretty good. Don't come in my safe space. Oh, the no-no square. <laughs> yeah, my no-no square. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it's cool to watch them. And my daughter, she got the newest iPad with all the hookups, life-proof case, Damn. Apple Pen. <clears throat> She got some LED lights in her room. So Isn't now that she... Apple Pin like a hundred dollars? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing. But I mean, a... nothing okay. to a baller. Does Man. love have any monetary boundaries on? Absolutely. It? I would say probably yeah. Mm. It does. Yeah. Oh, not in my house. Man. So. It doesn't my house. Any, any of you guys want to help me make my mortgage payment? This month? <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling yeah. myself. Man. I bought my girl a Louis Vuitton bag. Oof. I remember those days. Did you buy it in Tijuana? No, I wish I did. Should have. Should have. Should have never known. Should have bought an Alibaba Express. Right? Ooh. That's where I get my knives from. So, right. so I mean, Christmas sounds like it was good for everybody else. Everybody at least spent it with friends and or family, which I think we all did. <clears throat> um, let's get on to the news. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing right now happening in the U.S. is that the House, they voted to override Trump's veto of the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act. Um, that happened yesterday, and it was by a vote of 322 to 87, including more than 100 Republicans. 
Nice. Yeah. Two-thirds of the House was needed to override Trump's veto, and the House passed that threshold with 109 House Republicans joining Democrats voting to override Trump and 20 Republicans uh, not voting. Let's just understand something uh, from the beginning. If you're a Republican and you had a no vote in this, it's kind of a false pretense to how you stand in regards to this issue because if you know it's going to pass or not, no voting is just like you're literally doing it for show purposes only. Mm. Um, some of the biggest issues that Trump had with the 2021 NDAA was that there was no provisions to rescind Section 230, which provided legal protection to social media for things they do and don't do in regards to shitposting, fact-checking, and things of that nature, smearing people. Well, their fact-checking is obviously just completely above board. Right, because I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast and the four of us here could remember back when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, Twitter locked the New York Post, who yep. broke the story's account for more than a month, mm-hmm. and wouldn't let them back onto Twitter until they deleted that article, Yeah, until it was not fake, right after the election happened. When the FBI announced that they had mm-hmm. all of the evidence that the New York Post claimed that was there and that they were having, um, initiating, well, actually were, it was still ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden and all the shit that's going on with that. Yeah. Another big reason that a lot of politicians don't want to uh, rescind Section 230, which grants that immunity to social media sites from lawsuits, is because of the huge CCP influence in the United States. Uh, the China Communist Party has a lot of entrails and tentacles gone throughout every facet of the United States right now. But most importantly, the media, movie theater studios, a lot of that stuff caters to China. It's complete bullshit, and it should be out of there. If someone goes and smears you or doesn't allow the real factual news to get out there because they're catering to other people like the CCP, then mm-hmm. they should have allowed the ability to be sued. Uh, another provision that was in there that Trump hated um, was the non-provision of renaming military bases named after Confederate figures. Yeah. I've said on this show more than once, history isn't to like or not like, it's to learn mm-hmm. from. Yep. If there are military bases that have been around since the Civil War that are named after Civil War figures, then who gives a shit if they're named after those figures? <clears throat> well, a lot of the sensitive fellows in our country do. Um, but it's the same, I mean, <clears throat> you know, schools. Street names. Street names. I mean, the the list goes on. I mean, if we're going to fact check and, and rescind all that stuff, nobody's perfect. <clears throat> so if you look at anybody's history, you're going to find something that can be deemed derogatory based on your worldview. And it's like a slip, that's a huge slippery slope. That's the point I think that we all probably agree on is where do you draw that line? If you're going to start, you know, Scaling back and eliminating certain names from history as far as public schools or statues or parks. It's like, then let's not name it after anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, nowadays, in the, you can have one bad story that's not even true. Break someone's career like Kevin Spacey. Well, he definitely like was raping people, right? Yeah, I mean, he's... Like, well, the, the, one spe- the one specific kid who like ruined his career was like, oh, I have, you know... F- phone video evidence and text messages and then they went to court and they're like okay where's the cell phone and then the attorney was like actually we don't have a cell phone and they threw the case out hmm. they did throw the case out you know what else got thrown out that kid's life because he subsequently committed suicide did he really shortly after he did interesting so what you would see with a lot of uh you know people who are victims of 
Sexual assault. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and Kevin Spacey definitely looks like a raper. Well, sure. I definitely don't deny the fact Throw that, he, that out there. all that shit. I mean, he made out with another guy on Ew. that TV show that he made famous. House of Cards? House of Cards. Yeah. He was yeah. gay in that show? He, I mean, yeah, I he made out he with the Secret gay. Service agent. Huh. Was he drunk? Or? Well, they had like a threesome, him and his wife, and the Secret Service oh agent. Oh, my God. So there wasn't any scissoring? Uh, no. Oh, scissor me timbers! None of that? None, None of that. Mm. Apparently not. You, that's only one scissor right there. So you need two. That's to, so weird. Right, scissor yeah. me timbers. If I was an actor, oh. I'm just going to throw this out there, okay. I would draw the line. Like, look, I'll do my own stunts, I'll do all that. I'm not making out with anybody. Well, you're not woke what up, if they so made like a stunt lady you. look like a man? <clears throat> I think they pay you extra for that. Yeah. But you're making so much money, I would... I you don't want to be a stunt dick? Come on, your face doesn't get on TV. I'd rather die with my boots on than make out with some dude on some TV show. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you could wear your boots while you're making out with the guy. Yeah, well, that's also true. And if you died... I'm not doing it. You still have your boots. <laughs> <laughs> not making out with any guys. Well, another, another one of the huge provisions that was in that NDAA that Trump vetoed was... Uh, a drastic reduction in the speed that troops are coming home from the Middle East, mm. especially Afghanistan. And that goes into the promises kept category. And for some reason, there are just a lot of people in our government who love lobbying to, uh, you know, defense contracts and do not want our boys coming home from harm's way. I, I thought there was a lot of uh, principle that went into that matter in regards to the president. Um, and so did some people on the House floor. I got a couple audio clips right now of two of the ones that I thought were the best uh, the first one's going to be Andy Biggs, Arizona representative, and what he thought about his reasons for it. Check it out. The bill that was introduced by uh, Nancy Pelosi late uh, to provide an additional $2,000 um, of, of direct payment money to uh, the United States citizens, except it won't be just limited to citizens, of course. Um, so she wants to do that $2,000, but she also conditioned it to President Trump signing the omnibus bill, which he signed uh, yesterday. Now, here's the problem. This is all tied together. This cost is $464 billion, as reported by official sources today. And not only that, President Trump requested rescissions by Congress. In other words, what that would mean is that the same Congress that gave him the bad spending bill, where all this was part of a package, he asked them to go back and fix those provisions um, as part of getting this extra money for um, American citizens. Congress is not going to do that. Congress, of course, wouldn't do that because Congress has this propensity to want to spend more money instead of reduce the spending. The national debt is going to be well over $30 trillion, probably closer to $32 trillion by the time all this spending gets done. This is a part of a $2.5 trillion package. And what makes this very interesting to me is that we should have all come back together and worked on these together. And we could have done it months ago because these packages were there months ago. We could have targeted this aid, but right now, I know people who have never been out of work that make $60,000, $80,000 a year or more that are going to get $2,000 for every member of their household. That's really a lot of money for people who didn't need it, where we know that there is, is suffering, uh, that we're not targeting that relief for them. That's a shame. We wish we could do that. 
Um, Speaker Pelosi's actually doing this for a political purpose to try to get President Trump for something he said last week as he was describing these bills as awful and telling all the problems with these bills. But instead of doing this months and months ago and using the money that we already had, that's what she's done. She's chosen to make this highly politicized and it's going to have lasting consequences because it's not us that's spending this money. It's future generations. I want to talk to you briefly. So there you go. I mean, Andy Biggs weighing in on what he thought in regards to uh, the omnibus bill that was tied in with the NDAA in regards to the COVID relief package, which Trump signed after he said he wouldn't. However, used a uh, Control Act of 1974 that allowed Congress to take redlined line items and make adjustments or cut them out of the bill mm. exclusively. I think one of the biggest things um, in regards to that was uh, a lot of the international spending and domestic allocations of the bill in regards to like the Smithsonian and all those <laughs> friggin uh, museums and stuff that were closed that were getting a lot of a million dollars, 10 million for gender studies in Pakistan. Uh, <coughs> That was crazy. Yeah, Asian carp counting in the uh, Gulf yeah. of Mexico. These are all things that we heard Thank on the show. Thank God. Yeah, towards the end last week. Matt Gates also had a brief statement on the floor of the House of Representatives the other day in regards to these bills, and, and we'll let you hear what he had to say right now. Matt, so that defense contractors, I oppose the NDAA not because I'm against our troops, but because I love them so much. America's fighting men and women are so precious that they should not have to die in some failed state, some faraway land that most Americans can't even point to on a map, so that defense contractors can extend our involvement in these wars, so that lobbyists can get rich, and so that members of Congress can get reelected. This good bill has been hijacked by the forever war lobby and their bought and paid for allies in the United States Congress. It puts barriers in the way of an administration that wants to bring our troops home and put America first. This legislation has become too swampy. It does good things to ensure that America can vanquish any foe on the battlefield, but we should only fight when that fight is just and proper. We have spent two decades trading the same villages back and forth in Afghanistan, and I believe that the administration that leads our country should work to bring those troops home. And unfortunately, this bill does exactly the opposite from Afghanistan, from Germany, and elsewhere. I'm going to put America first, and I'm voting against this bill. I yield back. Well, so there you go. I mean, that's some of the takes that we had from the, you know, the House and Senate floor over the course of the last couple of days in regards to these bills. I think, uh, you know, Donald Trump went out and, you know, he made a statement the other day in regards to signing these things and uh, basically said that in regards to the Control Act of, of 1974, it states that whenever the president determines that all part or any part of a budget authority will not be required to carry out the full objectives or scope of the programs for which is provided, such as budget authority, should be rescinded for fiscal policy or other reasons, including the termination of authorized projects or activities for which the budget authority has been provided. The president shall transmit both to the House and Congress a special message or redlining of line items describing the amount to be reserved, the relevant accounts, the reason for the recession, and the economic effects per USC, 2 USC 683. And he basically said he's signing these bills 
because the American people need something uh, in regard to a stimulus and in regards to the NDAA because the government needs to be funded and remain open. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I mean, he put out a pretty good... We ended our show last week with Trump basically shitting on Nancy Pelosi and that bill that she came up with, you know, basically stating all the pork, the fact that it's so big and no one in an eight-hour period could have had a chance to really see what's in the meat and potatoes of this thing. And was now it over 5,000 pages? Yeah, it was close to 6,000 pages. So Damn, boy. I mean, yeah, exactly. And then you have, you know, basically the, uh, the payments, which Trump alluded in that White House press statement by saying, you know, he wanted the individual payments to go from 600 to 2,000, therefore a family of four receiving 5,200. Additionally, Congress has promised to uh, review Section 230, which so unfairly benefits big tech at the expense of the American people, and we re should be reviewed to be terminated or substantially reformed. So, um, I don't know, there's just, you know, this whole thing's, I don't want to say shady, but... It's you, shady. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just seeing what's going on right now with the establishment. Well, the hard part is, like, I, th I mean, we're all pretty conservative, for the most part. Okay. I should say, obviously, we're all conservative. So when you see, like, the line items as far as what the original proposal was going to and all the bullcrap of aid in foreign countries and all this stuff, and I'm like, look, even as a liberal, like, if you looked at that, wouldn't you be infuriated? Like gender studies in Afghanistan, you think that they really care about that over there? Well, I said. Why that. is that any of our business? It doesn't like that's not that doesn't affect me and my family. I'm trying to provide for my kids. Okay. Now, granted, we're all employed and we've been employed through this thing, but I know people that have been out of work since this whole thing started. Yeah, those people can use money, and I, and to be honest, I don't need a stimulus check. Am I going to accept it if someone's giving it to me? Of that's course, fucking lootly. Yeah. You bet your, you bet but, your ass. But then you're a socialist. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, I think that uh, it's just, I don't know how you justify, like, our country is the one that's hurting the most. Because you look at every other country, what are they doing right now? You've seen the videos in Wuhan, China? Yeah, they're having fucking uh, They're going crazy. Well, every other country, we're the only ones selling lockdowns. Besides for China, the U.S. is like one of the largest countries. China. One Per people, per capita, China. and then two by landmass alone. Do you, do any of you guys know where the virus originated from? China. Wuhan, Ch China. No. China. China. It's just like everything else in this country, it's it's the China made virus. In China. But that's my point: is like even as a liberal person, someone who's liberal as far as your political views, and you're like, let's say you you're out of work, right? Okay. And you're hurting. But you're low. You voted for Biden. That whole well, deal. Maybe even a small business owner. Maybe you're a small business owner. That's the worst. And you can't open up your restaurant. Or maybe every day you look up the news to see can I can I have people sit inside? Can I have people sit outside today? You can have people sit nowhere. Because it's changing every day, right? Especially in California. So then you see the stimulus bill and how much it benefits other countries that are open and haven't had any lockdowns, and they're just doing their own thing. And it's like, why are we giving money to the Smithsonian right now? Yeah, I, I believe the rough estimates for where the money in this bill was going. You had close to three hundred billion dollars going internationally, and oh less than gosh. less than one hundred eighty billion dollars going domestically, and that includes all the bullshit Donald Trump read off last week in regards to you, that was carp so counting and yeah poultry reproduction and all that fish right. reproduction and, and dude six hundred dollars for like think about families that you know how much that is a day 
That's, it's like a dollar and sixteen cents. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you, you can have, sponsor an American citizen. For, think about a family of. You don't four. even have to sponsor for every American six, citizen. Yeah. yeah for just a dollar and sixteen cents. Sarah McLaughlin video. I don't know if that's how it starts. No, I turn those channels off. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull up audio for that I next week. I definitely change the channel when I see Sarah McLaughlin pop oh, up. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can read our sponsors dogs. over the Sarah McLaughlin. You're not song. ruining my afternoon, Sarah McLaughlin. No, I put, throw my dogs in the kennel. He definitely acts like those dogs. All he needs is a little bit of snow and like a huge chain around his neck. And a scarred up nose. But that's my, that's my point is like, how do you stick with your guns as a, as a liberal person when you see the amount of corruption? I mean... Not, not so much corruption, but deceitfulness when this bill was read by the president. And he's like, look at all this bullshit that's well, in well, here. Well, here's exactly how that's they do it. traditionally just how it's been. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that they look at that and they go, well, those countries, I mean, this Smithsonian is super important. Afghanistan needs some gender studies. And it's like, no. Gender studies? I don't understand how gender studies is relevant Oh, they whatsoever. had. Especially in they, Afghanistan. If one of you guys could find it, somebody. How about I, I believe, stoning people studies? Right? Yeah. L- <laughs> Lindsey Graham. I, th- I think he was the one that went on the record this week, and they asked him about that, and we're kind of like, come on, bro. And he was just like, well, you don't want to know what. Uh, you know, in, in, the, in those countries, like, people, women can't even open up a bank account. Like, who gives a fuck? And people's bank accounts in the United States are getting closed because of all these stupid lockdowns yeah. and stuff right now. There's plenty of time to figure so. that out when everything is good here. Oh. It's like, look, let's say you're, like, backwards on your mortgage. You haven't paid the water in, like, two weeks. They just shut off the electricity, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my income, and I'm going to help my next-door neighbor yep. mow his lawn and, and, and trick out his yard. It's like, no, get your shit straight at home. Yeah. Once everything's good here, we shouldn't be helping any other country till the national debt is at zero. Oh, you're saying America first? Imagine that. I, wonder, I, I know somebody from? who ran on that four years ago. How dare us? Yeah, it seems pretty good. So That's what I'm saying. But then, you know, we want to divvy up all this aid, and it's like we're bleeding out here as a country. You have the restaurant industry, at least in California, is literally like a month away from just dying. Yeah. Well, tinfoil hat, but isn't that what the goal is? Yes, because... Oh, Ask the people that are going to attend Davos in a few months. Every week we Every get one closer of these and closer to the conspiracy episode. is lining their pockets with that foreign aid money. Yep. And you know, <sighs> that money is given to governments, and then that money is given to the governments for them to use at their own discretion. Which so that's the thing. Bullshit. We could be giving... Let's just say, because we've already talked about it, Pakistan, ten million, or ten billion. I don't know. Ten whatever, for ten dollars is too much, right? But then it's at their discretion. So I'd if give, they're I'd are, give them ten dollars, if they're not already letting women open up bank accounts, and we give them money for someone to study why women can't open bank accounts, do you really think that money's ever going to trickle down to the no? Women? No, it's not going to help change anything. That's what we went over there in the first place for was to implement democracy in a republic. That never happened. You're just not going to change it. So then, then getting back to the justification of it, this is how it works. Nancy Pelosi and her cronies, they propose the bill. Donald Trump goes live and says this bill is complete fucking shit. And just rips it up. And this is all the epic. shit that's into it. And he said, not only is it shit, but the Americans deserve more. I want $2,000. Nancy Pelosi, being a career politician, says, you want to know what? You're fucking right. Let's do this. I got enough votes in the House. Let's pass it here. This is where the buck gets passed. The $2,000 got passed in the House, goes on to the Senate. Mitch McConnell, of course, says no. And now that is in limbo. So right now we're, we're, at, we're back at 600 Trump bunks, not 2,000. Um, well, you know what's funny is I saw a lot of 
there's um some like comedy pages I follow on Facebook or Instagram. Like okay. they just post memes and stuff, and they're definitely not conservative. We very love memes in this show. Very liberal, okay. probably in their political beliefs. And the amount of like jokes I saw about like, oh Trump wants two thousand dollars for U.S. citizens. Recount those votes. Let's figure out. And it's like to them, it's a joke. Like. Oh well, if Trump's gonna give us two grand. We need to figure out. Let's recount the election. Make sure he's president in the next four years. It's like a joke to them, but at the end of the day, it's like you're making a joke. But this guy legitimately cares about you. Yeah, and like I said, they proposed the shit bill. Trump called him out on it. Says we more money for American citizens. Nancy Pelosi gets the House to vote on it. Now it goes back to the Senate. Mitch McConnell says no. So now the blame and the shit bill is passed and dumped on the Republicans. This is a big chess match. It is. You know who hated the $600 and, and compared it to crumbs for the American citizen? We don't really talk about her that much on the show. I know a lot of people think she's kind of like babish, Tulsi Gabbard. If I was ever going to vote for someone liberal, that's as far left as I would go. If I was ever going to say that a big-name politician was going to flip from Democrat to Republican, 100%. just because of all the shit, it would probably be her. Yeah, that's actually pretty so, true. She's, she's the most conservative liberal. That I, mean, I know it's an oxymoron traditionally, but... Well, that guy who fucking flipped from Democrat to Republican and then won re-election last year, he's probably the most conservative liberal. But she would come in a close second. She's yeah, yeah And so probably way better looking. Yeah, I would rather look at her than Kamala Harris for four years. Well, she she got onto Twitter after she voted for Americans to have more Trump bucks the other day, and let's hear what she had to say in a brief statement. Hey, everybody. I just got back from having voted on the House floor on this massive spending bill. I voted against it, and I wanted to tell you why. First of all, this bill was over 5,500 pages long. We received the text of this bill at approximately 2.30 this afternoon, and we're told we'd have to go and vote on it just a few hours later. There is no way that anybody in Congress had the opportunity or the time to go through and read this bill to know exactly what was in it. I've been here long enough to see how provisions are snuck into these bills in the, literally in the dark of night without any announcement, without telling anyone what is in it and then rushed through in the manner that we have just seen tonight. This is the height of irresponsibility and it is absolutely no way for the people's representatives to be able to represent the interests of the American people. The second thing is the central part of this bill was supposed to be about providing direct COVID relief to the American people who are struggling and who need help the most. This bill dished out hundreds of billions of dollars going towards special interests, going towards the military industrial complex, going towards foreign countries. Meanwhile, saying, here's what's left for you. You get 600 bucks. I'll tell you in Hawaii, that in most cases won't even cover 25% of your rent. It is an insult and a slap in the face to every single American in this country who is struggling because of this, this COVID pandemic, who is concerned about not being able to pay the rent, about eviction, about whether you'll have enough to buy groceries or medicine for yourself or your loved ones. This bill 
is a representation of the screwed up priorities of Washington. They should be fighting for you and making sure that you, the American people, come first. This bill did not do that. Hey, everybody. I just... Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, that's some opinions from both sides of the aisle right there that kind of <clears throat> go into what we're talking about here in regards to these two huge bills, the NDAA and the uh, omnibus that kind of keeps the government funded for the next fiscal year and how they don't service the American people, how the president is against them and what you know, kind of representatives from both sides of the aisle are, are thinking about it right now that in regards to a lot of things that, that Donald Trump wants revised, another huge one was uh, a provision for Congress to look into widespread voter fraud, which we'll get into later. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is is the 230, the troop reduction in foreign theaters of war and then most importantly the payments to people who are really hurting and, and need it right now in the United States <clears throat> how many pages was that close to 6,000 that's a lot yeah. I read through you guys know the book It by Stephen King Okay, it's one of my favorite books ever I just googled that's 1,100 pages and what? it's thick it's like this you know thick how boy. damn boy it's thick it took me forever to read that Thousand page, eleven hundred pages, and that's like a good book. You're talking about five, close to six thousand pages. Yeah. And they gave them about eight hours to go through it before they voted. First of all, it. how in the fuck did they come up with that? Well, that's a, and well, it's written over like it's written over like six months, and they just slowly add, 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 and then someone goes, "All right, it's time to vote," and they all go, "Fuck yeah!" Oh, and then implement this. Yeah. I mean, they've been hiding shit in these bills. Like, oh, that's, that's just been forever. And yeah, that's. I, I, I don't understand how that hasn't gone away. Like it just seems so kind of because they're the ones to vote well, on that to go away. Yeah. Literally, Trump was like, two thousand per like person. That's it. We don't need all this additional shit. Let's get our country straightened out." Well, so they did vote on that to amend the six hundred dollars, and that was the only thing they voted on. And Ronald touched on it earlier that that's what Mitch McConnell blocked. Who the I, fuck is Ronald? Yeah. Ronnie. Roan? I Rowan. fucking hate you. <laughs> Strike that from the record. I would be happy. Look, 600. Look, I'm, like I said earlier, my family doesn't need it. We're blessed. Am I going to take it? Of course. I, did, I didn't get it. Well, you make too much money. Fucking. I know. I like, yeah. Obviously, I don't need it because I don't get boy, it. Damn, boy, you're rich. Yeah. I no, need it. But Well, I want it. Yeah. yeah I, that would well, get my OLD or QLD. Here's, here's I'm TV. not a socialist. Here's the but deal. if you're going to give money to a bunch of assholes who don't pay the taxes, give it to me. Yeah. And then there there you go. That's oh, my you're point. Fucking is, socialist. Wait, what, they had the, the pay off the student loan shit in there too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, it was a uh, break for that stuff. Well, they already extended it to like January or something. I think that if you go to school for something that is just inherently useless anything you go to school for anything oh, you should foot that bill. well no but that's gender the thing. studies well yeah gender oh, studies underwater you. basket weaving uh whatever the fuck like there's literally people that go to school for stuff that is has no like there's, intrinsic value there's zero percent chance you're going to get a job in this field like well you if you go I to bet art you, school and I'll, you're working a music trader like i haven't gone to a starbucks in years 
I think their coffee shit. I'm a coffee snob. I hate Starbucks. I hate Starbucks. I hate what they stand for. I saw your freaking Dexter's Laboratory in there making coffee. Oh, my vacuum siphon? Yeah, that thing's awesome. It's amazing. But I bet you if you go to any Starbucks, there's at least one person in every Starbucks in this country, at least in California, who got some stupid degree in, like, fine arts or drawing or anime or some retarded freaking (laughs) major. And you know what they're doing with their life? Did you say retarded? Yeah, I did. Would you like that hot or would you like that cold? Well, do you want ice in the water that you're going to order? Mm. Yeah. Would you like to try our holiday special? To yeah. be honest with you, I, I'm kind of retarded. Sure. Correct. Yeah. So that, to your point, look, I got a degree in economics. Well, there's I, people I'm paying that go to student... school just so they can have a degree. There's no other reason for yeah. it other than to say, I have a degree. Yeah, but I'm working at Starbucks. Let me draw. I got a fine arts degree. Let me draw a flower on your Starbucks. Yeah, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt now. Yeah, luckily I didn't graduate with too much debt, but I've positioned myself in a position where hopefully I get to pay it off very soon. I don't expect anybody to foot that bill. I don't expect... You know, some guy who's working construction who maybe started a contracting business, didn't graduate from high school, but has made it work, and he's surviving, he's supposed to help pay for my college tuition? That's ridiculous. What I did when I got out of high school is I realized that I was going to try to start doing graphic design work. So I went to school at a community college, learning graphic design, web design, stuff like that. I literally went to the classes, I learned what I needed to do, and you then I out. stopped going to the classes. That's perfect. That's good. Right? I mean, I don't have a degree. And here do you I are need making, one? Here you are making a shit ton of money every year. I know, right? Here's the other thing is... Damn, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I like it. Here's the deal. Here, <laughs> Come on, well, man. <laughs> so, one of my best friends went you know to community college what they were gonna for say? Oh, I know what I was going to say. Six years. Okay. Finish your thought. I got... It came back to me. Go he ahead. went to community college for six years, wow. changed his degree like three times, Damn, boy. then went to online school and got a real degree, and now he's in that career. Air quotes. We're yeah. all air quoting. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, he didn't but pay through the did. roof, and he pays his student loans, and he doesn't vote blue because he's got $10 million in debt because he went to school for eight years. Mm. He went to community college for six. Jeez. And then he worked the whole time. He was full-time at a grocery store helping for his family. Not like his son is. He doesn't have kids or anything. Well, they still help people that go to community college. With, yeah, you get fast you know, grants and shit like that. Yeah. Also, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you're a dick. Community college is not that expensive. It really no, is. Not, no. You just pay by class. There's no yeah. like tuition. Or no. It's just by the class. You know who probably didn't go to community college and hasn't had a real job in a long time? Casio Cortez. Oh, I don't know. Close Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell. I think we should change to Bitch McConnell. Right? Mm. Well, we'd call him China Mitch. Because today... To Mitch. He blocked an attempt by Democrats to force Chris quick action increasing direct stimulus payments of $2,000 despite President Donald Trump's demand for the change. McConnell objected to a motion by the Senate... By Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer to approve a unanimous consent stimulus checks bill that passed the House of Representatives on Monday, which we just talked about. He also blocked a motion by Senator Bernie Sanders to vote on the stimulus checks immediately after the Senate votes on overriding Trump's veto of the defense policy bill. Stop right there. We all have memes on this show. Correct. Throughout the course of the 2020 presidential election, we've had a lot of Biden and Trump memes. Golden memes. There is that 
WWE one where it says, oh, and here comes Bernie Sanders with the chair. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. I is, love that one. He's both literally and figuratively coming with the chair now because Bernie Sanders says he ain't fucking voting on shit and will filibuster that stuff till the end of the day until those amendments are, which include the payment, are voted on. So just before Schumer made his motion, McConnell said the Senate will consider higher stimulus checks in conjunction with the other two Trump complaints unrelated to the pandemic relief bill signed into law, an investigation into alleged voter fraud, and reworking the law that shields technology companies from uh, liability for user content, Section 230. Um, $2,000 for the people is a lot more than 600 They have suffered enough through the China virus, Trump quoted on Twitter today. China. Right? So. Part of the issue, remember the first team of this bill? You guys remember the purpose of it? Uh, getting more money into the American people's pockets. For the reason to stimulate the economy, in a sense. Oh well, I mean, it's not doing that great because it's shut down. Literally, you're gonna give six hundred bucks. I mean, the whole purpose. We're imagine you're in a big machine, and one of the gears is just stuck. That's okay. how the economy works. That was what my degree was in, which I again don't expect you guys to pay for. When something halts like Wait, that, your degree is in stuck gears economics oh got it i love stuck gears who doesn't you have to pump money into the economy but when you just give people free money that's kind of defeats the purpose right now it's all about survival the economy is going to be kind of fucked for a couple years right now people need to pay their rent they need to pay you know people need to survive it's more of a moral issue right now than kind of an economic issue and that's the kind of thing that bums me out is we have all these people that are legitimately struggling, businesses that are failing. Six hundred dollars is not going to do anything. No. And even two thousand dollars at the end of the day, people that haven't been able to work, or have been, with their restaurant opening, closing, buying inventory for food. My family owns restaurants, and they struggle because Governor Newsom goes, "Okay, we're all open. You can eat outdoors, indoors, do the whole thing." They buy up all the in, you know, the inventory for food and capital, you know, get more beer kegs in to the next day. It's all shut down. Then you're stuck with all this stuff that's going to expire. Yeah. And people are literally struggling $2,000, even $2,000, which would be a huge blessing to a lot of people to small business owners. That's not going to do anything. No, it's not. Well, it's not going to do anything to most people in general. It's no. just going to keep them. The damage has already been done in yeah. a lot of, I in mean, a lot of cases. E- even if it gets bumped up to the $5,200 per family, that is not enough to, save let's say your small business for a certain amount of time no. in addition to all the personal stuff like you said the electric the water the mortgage fifty two hundred dollars where we live right now in southern california is what a mortgage payment and like a the power bills. bill that's it yeah and the, maybe the water bill but the problem is you know, people have large credit card debt you know we can argue that that's their fault this and that but at the end of the day a lot of the mortgage companies and the credit card companies stop doing deferment plans no yeah. So the, for the first three months, you could defer your mortgage, you could defer your credit card bill, you can even defer your student loan. A lot of that's gone. So all the credit agencies and the mortgage companies are asking for their money. Oh, they're all in on it. Yeah. Well, it's a big scam, yeah. They most certainly are. Back so. to my point earlier, with you were talking about community college, I remember what I was going to say. Part of this whole stimulus bill and what the left is pushing is free community college. How many of you guys went to public school in high school? Yeah. I, high school, I, sure did. I did, yeah. yeah. How many people? I would say my public high, I went to inner city public high school. Probably 80%, and that's a conservative number, didn't give a fuck about their education. No. No. Yeah. And you're going to tell those same people who had no drive, and you could blame it on demographic, you could blame it on whatever you want, but at the end of the day, your drive is an inner drive that's something you develop. 
You're going to give free community college to people that don't care. When you buy in yourself and you have skin in the game, it changes your perspective. When you're paying out of pocket for your classes, you're going to show up early. You're going to get a good seat. You're going to study. But when it's free, I mean, dude, people are going to show up late. People are going to di- You know how many times I took college classes at a community or when I was in high school, I was able to take community college classes locally here. Okay. I was 16, I was 15 years old the first one I took. In my junior year in high school. You know when adults, like 22, 23-year-old kids would come up, they'd have nothing in class. Hey, you got a piece of paper I could borrow. Right. You got an extra pencil, man. And I'm like, bro, I'm 15. I don't even drive. I have to walk here. You can't bring a fucking piece of paper or a pencil to school? Yeah. And you're paying for that. But if we give that Well, those free, are the same people that are still bumming cigarettes from people right now. That's what I'm saying. So we... If I, we, I have one you guys could borrow if you guys need one. A cigarette? If we yeah. open the door to free community Not college... Not a stimulus check. That is going to, like... The quality of classing at community college is going to go through the, yeah. through the floor. Well, that's it's going to be That's terrible. how all that works. This the quality of everything goes down. And that's across the board for, for everything. It's all these people that they have no chance of getting into a better position. So they gonna, they're going to just shoot for free shit as much as possible. It's like if you have no chance, like you're working at a menial, lower-end kind of job, you have no chance. You're not going to— Ditch digger. Yeah, you're not going to ever own property. You're not ever going to do anything but rent. So, of course, what are you going to shoot for? Are you going to shoot for... Not the stars. They're going to shoot for... Whatever you're giving. You know, free stuff. Oh, uh, how, you know, housing is a, is a right. It's a human right. No rent. You know, but it's like, what about all these people that have worked their ass off to, to buy these things? Rental properties or just their own home. Like, Dude, they're going to get fucking property tax for all these socialist Sounds agendas. like those people want communism. Well, you know... Damn. Conspiracy theory. Do you think Mitch McConnell is blocking this so that yes, he they is lose this? No, no. <laughs> so that they lose Georgia, the Republicans lose Georgia, so that he has to work less. Because then we won't have the majority. Then he can vote on whatever the fuck he wants, and it will never get. Well, he's at the end of his uh, career anyway, and a career lobbyist. But I can tell you one thing for sure that kicking this can down the road leaves Mitch McConnell with another problem. It's Vermont. Senator Bernie Sanders saying he will delay any attempt to override Trump's veto of a separate defense bill this week unless there is a vote on the stimulus checks. Hashtag 5,200 Trump bucks. Well, the only, I mean, I guess maybe the only win would be that, you know, I think if Bernie Sanders tried to filibuster for that long, he actually might die. Well, if he doesn't die of natural causes, Hillary Clinton's going to come in hot. You see Bernie Sanders in the corner with, like, the guy from Rocky, like, massaging his shoulders in between rounds. (laughs) This is that meme, Bernie Sanders. They're finally putting him down. Yeah, he's coming with the chair. He's coming with the steel chair. Another option would be for McConnell to present his own bill combining higher stimulus checks with these other two issues that Trump wants addressed. But combining those elements into a package would poison a stimulus check bill for many Democrats. It would likely fail if brought to a vote. So that's where we're standing at our Trump bucks right now. It's kind of in limbo. Six hundred approved, fifty-two hundred on the table. Come Bernie on. Sanders with the steel chair. China Mitch being China Mitch. Oh, so you know what? It's a day that ends in Y, and the federal government is working the exact same way it did every single day for yeah. the last yeah. In in good remembrance. Waste. It's just so, crazy. That, yeah. You know, you have we all probably have liberal friends and some capacity and it, it Acquaintances. just blows yeah that's probably a better way it just blows me away how justifiable their worldview is when it comes to stuff like this you know it's like 
like I said earlier, you have people literally struggling just to put food on the table to pay their to not get evicted during this time. Yeah. And then they see this bill and they justify it and they go, "Well, you have know. the utilities turned off." And it's just and they don't care that oh Afghan yeah gender studies is right. a good thing. Pakistani gender studies and keeping the troops in Afghanistan. Well, they just double they go double down on masks and you know coronavirus stuff. Mm. Gosh, Speaking like of when things. when when your virtue is fear. You have to, you know, well, I want to continue to be virtuous. Did you see that nurse that, or it might have been a, doc, a nurse or a doctor, took the vaccine, and a week later he tested positive? My dad's ballsy in conspiracy theories, and, and him and I, he's been more of a traditional conservative. He's a typical, he didn't graduate high school, okay. grew up in an effed up household. Um, I've met him, seems like a pretty hardworking man, though. He's very scary. Super hardworking and extremely scary. I've met the extremely guy a couple times. I, I didn't get I like scary. scary. I, I got, like, wholesome. There's a lot of scary. different facets to my dad. He's Sicilian and Mexican. Okay, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, With a belt. Nice. nice. I, I and the crappy part about my childhood, did you get I had pick, a great childhood. Did you get to pick him? No. I got to pick mine. But my dad goes to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. He would be home at 2 o'clock. When I got home from school... He was the one I'd have to deal with. You know, normally it's like, right. wait till your dad gets home. No, dad's my mom home. wasn't there to ref when my when I got home from school. So if I was in trouble, my dad was there ready to go. Okay, my dad doesn't take naps. He doesn't. Re- I mean, he's like savage blue collar American. He's finally come around to the fact that this is a big game, and so he sends me articles and I send him articles and him are on the same page. Is like, this is a big conspiracy. I mean, the whole. Um, Nashville bombing thing. He was the one before I even started digging into it because it's Christmas Day. I'm trying to hang out with my kids. He's sending me articles about the Dominion software and all the stuff that's being audited and the AT&T building blowing up. Can we get a group chat going with your dad in it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, no. He uh, can we add him to our group chat? We could actually kick out Braden. Yeah, he would be fun it. to put on the podcast because he's got some cool, Ooh, yeah, let's cool uh, experiences. I don't, know, I don't know if the podcast knows who Raiden is. Raiden was on like one episode. He's <laughs> here talked a about four D chess. He's been on that episode four times. He talked about four D chess from a Game of Thrones inspired Reference. show from Netflix. But um, still love him though. You know, my dad's a typical like American success story. Didn't graduate high school. He he was pumping concrete. That's what he's a concrete contractor. He was 16, 17 years old in high school, and he would ditch class to go run concrete jobs in the morning. That's why all these kids, like, if you can't get your shit together, go learn a trade. Dude, that's what I'm telling people. Like, look, I grew up pumping concrete with my dad. I did, so I did construction after I decided that, you know, I'm probably not going to do graphic <laughs> design for a living. Okay. And, You're not going to work for doing, Disney? I was doing shit work. I was not learning a trade. I, I was digging an elevator shaft by hand inside a building that had been there for 75 years so it was just like jackhammer clay and then get yourself up against the shoring and like push it over (laughs) it was miserable work my upbringing was i played three sports in high school playing football friday night getting home at 11 o'clock in the morning getting up at five to go pump concrete with my dad and he would sit me down and tell me you're gonna go to school you're gonna learn a trade you're gonna get a good job unless you want to do this the rest of your life yeah and I was like, yeah, I don't want to pump concrete this much. So for me, whatever job I have, if I'm not pumping concrete and waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day at 5 o'clock, I'm stoked. That's why some of these people bull, you know, talk shit about their job. And it's like, did you ever pump concrete in the right. winter in San Diego? Like, Oof. People think San Diego is perfect weather. When you wake up at 4 o'clock in January. It'll be high, high, mid, to, mid to high 30s. It's cold. Yeah. And, oh, man. So my dad, to this day... 
Never heard him complain about working. Never heard him complain he's tired. He's a savage. That's a blue-collar American. So <clears throat> for him to come full circle and go, this is a big conspiracy. This whole thing's ran. We're just a cog in the organization. Yeah. And that's why Trump has so many supporters because people like my dad, that's a lot. Of, there's blue-collar Americans across the country, whether you're a rancher, whether you're a small business owner, a construction contractor. I think that's what the left doesn't understand is that people like him that have this upbringing where he's literally self-made. Everything he has, he earned. He didn't get any hookups from the government. Yeah, I don't buy into that whole thing that his dad lent him a million bucks. Look what he turned his dad's money into. He made it. And a lot of these blue-collar guys make it. And now you're at the point where you're trying to choke them out, shut them down Mm -hmm. to implement a socialist agenda. And my dad's like, no. Your dad's not going to be relying on the government. No, and he never has. And he grew up in a household where his dad wasn't around. His dad's come around now, now that he's an adult. But when he was a kid, his dad wasn't around. His mom worked like three jobs. He was raised by his Mexican grandparents in like the barrio in Linda Vista. And now he's made it full circle. And goes, dude, if I can make it and didn't graduate high school. that That's a San Diego ghetto for our international yeah. listeners. Linda Vista? No. Really? It used to be a lot worse than it is now. It's yeah, not, not not as bad as it is, not as bad as it was, but he made it out. And to, you know, his cousin, my uncle, same upbringing, he's been in prison more than he's been out in his whole life. Okay. So there's two different, you have two people that grew up in the exact same environment. One has made an, a success story out of itself. The other's been in prison literally more than he's been out in his life. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things with Donald Trump is I think... What really drives, not just the left, but all of the career establishment politicians crazy is that how the middle class identifies with him because regardless of Donald Trump's wealth, regardless of how tall his skyscrapers are and how famous his casinos have been and how much money is you know, made in his name, he's never really forgotten about the people that gotten him there mm-hmm. like he wouldn't be able to build those people or build his empire without the concrete pourers yeah without and, steel people and to where the establishment politicians you know middle class and poor people discuss them hard mm-hmm. workers laborers discuss them yeah and, and and you know donald trump i'm sorry it's been too long because it's been an entire career for them to say it's a political talking point of his he really does appreciate the people that got him there and he's never forgot them at the end of the day he's a construction guy yeah and you think about east coast new york a lot of those buildings that he owns he's been you know on ground zero with these people and building the steel industry the concrete industry and people forget that and that's the problem that the left doesn't understand is that blue collar americans are almost always going to vote red yep. if they're not crazy unionized in a place like vegas if you're in construction you're unionized. You get a 30-minute break every hour, this and that. You're going to vote for the people that take care of you. I get that. It's, it is what it is. But when you have people that literally are self-made, it would never make sense for them to vote blue because blue is all about handouts. Yeah. And it's all about, government hey, you don't have to reliance, work hard. Right. Government reliance, 100%. And my dad, he's seen both sides of it, and he's at the point where he's like, dude, I've built all this. I'm not going to let anybody take it from exactly. me. And I think that's what we all agree on is that you know, you work your ass off, then you see the taxes get cut, and you're like, what the fuck? Then you look at where your taxes go to, and you're like, is this is this for real? This is crazy. Yeah. And the more you work, the more you get taxed. It's, it's insane for gender studies in Pakistan. Mm. And counting carp. 
Well, <laughs> why are fish that's, so that's important one my, all that's of a sudden? Favorite bands They're not. Carp. It's just he he had somebody really go and find some of the fattiest parts of the pork in that thing. You, you know, pivoting a little bit right now, and, and talking about the hard work in American Family is never something that we want to pivot away from, unless... Let me take you back to last week's episode. It was a great episode, I thought. There was a lot of good commentary. We I'm not going to lie, I don't remember a whole lot. We, we did have some good audio. <laughs> you burped several times. Um, but there was one thing that the show was lacking. It's one of the major components, and it's something that we try to bring to our listeners every week. And it can only be described as... Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Pow Pow. Oh, God. God. <laughs> Terrible. Sydney Powell did not have a lot of, or any, audio last week um, coming after the fallout of that meeting at the White House with General Flynn, the guy from Overstock.com, the White House General Counsel, Mark Meadows. But she did sit down for an interview at the beginning of the weekend which we'll play you audio on now, talking about the fallout from that meeting. And then we have a... See, nobody thinks it's funny. Hopefully we'll get like a, a chuckle or two out of our, our listeners. We have a steak exclusive. Mm. Right? Sydney Powell appeared on the Rush Limbaugh show today with a guest host, and we're going to bring you all of that interview today because she is working behind the scenes. There is some stuff going on. I think she's talking in a way for you to decipher and read between the lines. That we'll get to in a minute. Here's what she had to say right at the start of this weekend, this week, and then we'll get into that interview today that was on the Rush Limbaugh show. Washington Post, the Daily Beast, saying that on Friday in the Oval Office, there was some heated discussion about whether to appoint you as special counsel to investigate election fraud. And are you special counsel right now? That is a, a good question. Did the president stand up and say you are? <clears throat> I would not be comfortable saying what the president said to me or anyone else in the Oval Office. In terms of what most people think of as a special counsel, such as Robert Mueller, that was not discussed. These reports are then technically true. You are not a Robert Mueller-style special counsel. I am not a Robert Mueller-style special counsel. Okay. There There was a discussion about me being a special White House counsel. So, in other words, a a special appointment to Cipollone's office? Yes, to serve inside the White House. But that has not come to pass. I've been told that Friday in the Oval Office, in the presence of Rob O'Brien, Mark Meadows, Pat Cipollone, yourself, General Flynn, maybe one other person, that the president orally designated you as special counsel and that he hasn't signed the papers yet, and that you're having trouble getting a paper for him to officially appoint you. Is any of that wrong? It seems that it was blocked after Friday night. What I've been told is that you've tried to deliver some sort of a document to the Oval Office in which the president would formalize his appointment of you to whatever it was, and that the White House Chief of Staff is blocking you from delivery. What I've really been trying to get to the president is evidence of the foreign interference in the election, particularly by China and Iran, Mm -hmm. of which there is substantial documentation. And frankly, I've been blocked from speaking to or communicating with the president since I left the Oval Office on Friday night by apparently everyone around him, whether it be inside counsel, outside counsel, White House staff, or whatever. So I have not spoken to the president since I left on Friday night. Yo, 
And there you go. I mean, that's Sidney Powell kind of given a little bit of aftermath from that White House meeting last weekend where it got pretty hot and heated. Uh, Dave Cipollone is the name that keeps coming up. I guess he's one of the lead White House general counsel members who has really been trying to block the president from doing anything to what I guess people outside of the mainstream would call extreme in regards to assigning special counsel, really looking into uh, allegations of voter fraud, Insurrection Act, um, seizing the Dominion voting machines and things of that nature. We really have to uh, take into account what uh, Sidney Powell is saying is that after that meeting where Donald Trump basically, according to her, orally appointed her something in regards to White House general counsel, um, she hasn't been able to get in touch with him since probably alluding to the fact that she's been blocked by those same people, Dave Cipollone and the White House General Counsel, um, you know, in regards to setting up a special counsel or, or, or moving in the direction of more extreme measures into uh, investigating voter fraud. What do you guys think about that? We haven't heard from Sidney Powell. So I have a question. In over if a she's, week. If she's dedicated to special counsel okay. in, in writing, when... If Biden gets elected. What the fuck did you just say? If he gets elected, would she still be considered special counsel? Hit the retarded button, too. Be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Now, just remember, there are no retarded questions, just retarded people. Uh, The answer is, (laughs) if she is executively set up as special counsel, she reserves the right to all of those protections, like Robert Mueller. Regardless of the change. <laughs> be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Regardless of the change of the regime, which isn't going to happen, by the way, um, they would be allotted special protections to work independently and at the cost of the American taxpayer until their investigation is deemed complete. Hmm. Yeah. So, I hope, I hope Biden doesn't win. There you go, Nick. Do we need a couple more? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, do I do that every episode? Oh, yeah. Do what? <laughs> when you're... Do I really? I mean, sometimes it's just some of the stuff that you don't see on the news every day that I find blows your mind. It also doesn't help. I think every single episode of this show, <clears throat> towards about right now, the hour mark, get a little tipsy. Yeah. If yeah. not... Nothing wrong with that. Straight out drunk. Yeah. So some of this news that gets dropped, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's it right there. Well, damn boy. Getting back, right? Thick boy, <laughs> thick ass podcast boy. You know what we do need to add? What on the soundboard next week is the clip from Billy Madison. Okay. <coughs> where Chris Farley goes, that is correct. Right. Yeah. But not the clip where you coughed directly into the. <laughs> that was that was free for you guys. While mid sentence. Yeah, the pop filter is not for direct coughing into the mic. Is it COVID proof? So I was on the way here today, and I was. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance. Going through Twitter. I, I only look for a couple of accounts. One of them is Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Yes. And I saw that she tweeted that she was going to be on the Rush Limbaugh show today. They had a guest host who nice. I don't know his name or care. 
However, he did interview her, and due to the fact of time constraints, I didn't have time to cut the interview up. It's about seven-ish minutes in total. We're going to listen to it in its entirety, because he's going to ask her questions, number one, in regards to that meeting, number two, in regards to general voter fraud, the evidence that she's tabulating, and number three, he's going to ask her, what would her pitch to SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, be if she was locked in an elevator with them? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she would probably kill all of them. I was going to say, I hope she throws hands. It'd look like yeah. a John Wick movie. So yes. I've never seen someone be able to create an ensemble that includes an oversized turtleneck, <laughs> something in cheetah print, mm. and an oversized 80s-style collar and make it work so well. Nice. Yeah. And you just have to remember... Before we get into this interview, and I think he touches on it, this has been someone who's had over 500 federal cases heard. It's a lot. Okay, people are going around smearing her and calling her a conspiracy theorist. Who did and she take down? She, she took down basically, well, the FBI and CIA when they tried to go after fucking General Flynn. Yeah. So she also went after two mega corporations and blew the whistle on the DOJ for all the corruptions in her two... New York Times best-selling books, and she was celebrated as an American patriot and a hero until she decided to go out and make these accusations of voter frauds, but she says, and I'm quoting now, she has a motherfucking, minus the motherfucking, truckload of evidence on. God, I wish she'd said motherfucking. So do I. With her sweet southern accent. She's so like it, a nice southern white lady, so she would never do that. Mother, she would, she I would fucking never say fuck. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she always says I'm fuck. sure in her mind. Dude, the second that good. like cut air, she was probably like, fuck, somebody get me a soda. Right. A Diet Coke. And it's, a, it's, our Sweet hope, tea. it's our hope someday that she appears on this show. I need a ginger ale. We should stack. reach out to her people. I'd I mean, Billy, I'd Billy her Bob Joe. I'm sure she's busy. Yeah. But a Zoom call. Right. Protecting America and being a patriot. Billy Bob Joe. Get I'm your sure brothers. we can at least find an impersonator. But without further ado, it. I'm going to play you. Our steak exclusive. Mm. Going to keep running with that. Yeah, I like the it. The Sydney Powell interview from the Rush Limbaugh show today with a guest host in its entirety. Enjoy. In like an elevator pitch, what's in that report? And then I want to get to some of these questions that folks want to ask you that range from, hey, really, is there any chance to will you be Trump's AG? So what's in the new report, Sydney Powell? Uh, the new report has a truckload of evidence of foreign interference in the election in it. That's what people want to seem to deny, even though the FBI and the CISA, the counterintelligence or whatever it's called, is part of Homeland Security that looks at foreign interference in elections. <clears throat> you know, the same guy that said there was no problem here actually issued a, an advisory and alert back on October 30th and updated on, on November 3rd do, documenting foreign interference in the election. <clears throat> so for them to deny that now is absolutely absurd. Plus, we have an affidavit from a, an expert cyber warfare person who even shows the diagram of all the attacks coming in and we know that the VPN, the virtual protocol something or other for, for computers, I'm not a computer geek, as you can probably tell. Anyway, they, the Dominion people left those open the night of the election and unencrypted so anybody could get in. We know that the packets of information went to Serbia and uh, Liechtenstein and Spain and uh, Venezuela and uh, Hunan, China and Hong Kong. 
I mean, there was traffic all over into our uh, election system that is supposed to be self-contained, not accessible by the Internet at all. We have witnesses who document that it was connected to the Internet. We have an, a study out of uh, one of the, com the voting systems that we were finally allowed access to in Michigan. They know it was connected to the Internet. They erased their called their uh, their audit files and their uh, adjudication files where they dumped over 68% of the ballots into a, a bin that they call adjudication. That would have been thousands and thousands of ballots. And then an individual with no scrutiny whatsoever decides what to do with those. And obviously they were trained to either flip them for Biden, trash them for Trump, move them to a third-party candidate, and then do something else with them. It was a very elaborate and well-organized plan. And we're it, documenting it, that in lawsuits that we filed in that are now pending before the Supreme Court regarding the states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Sydney Powell's with us. And Sydney, I was drawn in to believing the election was stolen when I saw some analysis by Patrick Byrne, uh, who's a gentleman who was the founder of Overstock.com and a, and a great, great math mind and, and computer mind, a friend of mine named Justin Hart, who is an independent data analyst and not at all a grenade thrower, very settled scientific mind who simply looked at the data and said, I am seeing structured data in raw data. It shouldn't be here. Seeing votes switched from Trump to Biden. So I'm with you on this. And here's, here's I think, the crux of this question or crux of this issue. I think I'll boil down the questions of listeners to this. Has a judge anywhere actually looked at the evidence that you have or have they just read your brief? Has any judge in any of these cases, Sydney, said, I want to see all the evidence? No, no judge has heard the evidence. No judge has truly even looked at the affidavits that have been attached. <clears throat> they have dismissed the cases out of hand on uh, issues like standing or uh, and the abstention doctrine, actually this ridiculous litany of excuses to reject our cases in particular because we represent electors who have standing under the Constitution in all of these states. So for them to dismiss our cases on any basis is absolutely ridiculous. We have just an extraordinary volume of evidence that you wouldn't even put in the complaint stage of a normal case. But knowing the scrutiny this was going to receive, we've documented it extremely well, as best as could be possibly done in the length of time allowed under the whole election setup. I mean, this was a masterful Machiavellian scheme by all the people that pulled it off. And they, COVID was a cover for the fake ballots. There are hundreds of thousands of fake ballots that were generated. And Let's talk about that. The system. L let me yeah, talk about that. We're getting even more evidence on that every day. Okay. That's, that's new information to me. And I want to hear about the fake ballots. I've heard witnesses say I've seen ballots come in that run different paper. They were all for Biden. It looked like it was the same markings on each ballot. It looked like it was, you know, copied forms. It didn't look like natural ballots. So do you have these ballots? Could you take these ballots or copies of these ballots, hand them to a judge and say, look, all of these are the same, Your Honor. This is a copy machine. Do you have that? I, I know somebody who has some of those. We are in the process of getting them. 
and there should be a lot more of them out there if we could get access to the actual ballots from any court, which actually is required by federal law, but nobody's following the law here. It would be much easier to prove it. But yes, there were bins and bins and bins of fake ballots that were shipped across the country the night in you know in the night of the election in the middle of the night and others that were shipped previously to be in place in different cities mainly the most corrupt ones of, that are democrat strongholds that stopped counting votes the night of the election until they could get the new ballots they needed to backfill into the system to try to create the votes that would make Biden appear to win so as you listen to Sidney Powell, I want to remind you of something. Sidney defended Michael Flynn, General Flynn, and the government withheld ballot, not ballots, but withheld evidence, exculpatory evidence, evidence that showed that the first investigators who talked to Flynn went back to DOJ, FBI, and said, "Hey, this guy's good. This I don't see any. I don't see any intent to deceive." And Sidney Powell had to spend her time and her money and her efforts to force the release of that, and it took forever. Sidney, can you hold with us through the break? And uh, when we come back, is that okay if you hold for a couple minutes uh, and come back and yeah. talk some more with us? I want you to yeah, think about this. When we come back, I want you to imagine a circumstance where you find yourself in an elevator with five members of the Supreme Court, and you have a 90-second opportunity to make your elevator pitch to say, Miss, you know, Madam and, 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 and Mr. Justice, I hope to interest you in actually seeing my evidence. So when we come back with Sidney Powell, Sidney, I want you to undertake in 90 seconds to tell us how this election was stolen and the proof you would offer Supreme Court justices as you're stuck in an elevator with them. Sidney Powell joins us on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in on the EIB Network. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Sidney Powell is with us, has been involved in over 500 federal appellate cases, is an attorney that you recognize for having defended and finally gotten justice for Michael Flynn, joins us on Rush's show. Sidney, before the break, I asked you to just imagine the circumstance that you find yourself in an elevator with five Supreme Court justices, and it's a long elevator ride, and you've got 90 seconds and so, Mr. and Madam Justice, and I don't know the, the specific honorific, um, you have 90 seconds to convince them to actually, Sidney, look at your evidence. 90 seconds with the justices. How does Sidney Powell proceed? Well, the very night of the election, many people saw something they have never seen before in the history of our elections. They saw votes being changed on the screen in front of them, going from President Trump to Mr. Biden. On top of that, the morning after the election, well, even that night, the voting stopped. They stopped counting in multiple districts at the same time before the vote got to 270 electors for President Trump. That's never happened before. The only time votes have ever been stopped being counted in this country on election night was when the Broward County problem developed over the hanging chads in one county in Florida. So for five states to stop counting on election night is absolutely unprecedented, and they did it because the vote count for the Electoral College was about to hit and go over 270 for President Trump because of the massive outpouring of votes for him that night. By the next morning, multiple mathematicians had contacted me and told me they knew the algorithm that had been run to change the votes. It was that obvious to people with mathematical expertise. It is a mathematical impossibility for hundreds of thousands of votes to have shown up in the middle of the night 
for President Biden alone, I mean, for Vice President Biden alone, and to have been injected into the system the way that they were. We have eyewitness testimony of countless people who saw votes coming in in unsecured containers and improper means and looking different the night of the election. These people have come forward at great personal risk to themselves and their families to provide thousands of affidavits of voting abnormalities and and actual crimes that they witnessed happen on election night. The very fact that the other side is working so hard to hide all this, federal law requires transparency in our electoral process and our elections. There's a federal statute that requires all the documents pertaining to elections to be maintained for 22 months following an election for the very reason that it has to be completely auditable. A federal judge in October in Atlanta found all kinds of problems with the Dominion system that that Georgia bought and crammed down for everybody across the state to use. That's where the most problems have been, is in Georgia. Witnesses have come forward. There was supposedly a water leak that they uh, shut down voting for. That was an abject lie. We have video of witnesses pulling suspect ballots out from under a table after they ran off all the observers. Somebody told me that one of the people that did that has told government officials how it happened and, and what happened, but has that information been provided to the public? No. There is rampant voter fraud of all kinds, federal violations of five years and more across the country by virtue of all the misconduct on election night. The flipping of votes by Dominion is even advertised in their their ability to do that, to run a fraction, to make a Biden vote count 1.26 percent and a Trump vote only count 0.74. They've done it before. They've done it in Venezuela. They've done it in other foreign countries. They've done it in this country. We have evidence even that it was done in 2016 in California to benefit Hillary over Bernie. And it's, it's been done in other local elections and smaller elections, different places. This is the only time it's been this widespread. And the reason it didn't work this time, they've been able to shave these votes for a long time. But the reason it didn't work completely this time and they had to shut down in so many places was because so many Trump supporters poured out on the day of the election to vote for President Trump in a what was a landslide victory, an historic victory, is because it broke the algorithm. That's why they had to stop counting that night. That's why they had to bring in ballots and try to backfill. And it still doesn't work because there's still hundreds of thousands more votes than there were actual voters to vote them. The math simply doesn't add up. And if they had nothing to hide, why aren't they providing transparency into the voting system of the United States of America, the country that is founded on the rule of law and is supposed to be above all of this? It's absolutely the most appalling criminal operation in the history of our country. Well, I think we just uh, learned why Sidney Powell is such a successful attorney. I think that's a very compelling elevator speech. And I've got a tough question for you, Sydney. Um, I've asked my audience on Twitter a lot of questions for you. One of them um, is, is this. Yes or no, Sydney? do you want people to vote Republican in the Georgia race? I want Georgia to – well, my concern is that it's not going to matter how the people vote in the Georgia race. It obviously didn't matter how they voted nationwide, did it? 
It didn't, but I want people to vote in the Georgia race. Yeah, I, I, and I want people to vote in the Georgia race in incredible numbers, and I want all eyes on this because we cannot hand the Senate to these people, Sydney. We cannot do that. And I understand the, the case you just made is very compelling to me. I'm just hoping that we get people to rush in all eyes on this because all eyes will be on Georgia and, and get that turnout. You don't join me in that? Well, yes. I mean, in the situation we're in now, I would suggest yeah. that everybody in Georgia turn out on Election Day. And, and do it again. Vote yeah. for the Republican candidates in mass numbers and and see what happens. And it might be that they've even rigged the system so that the two Republicans win so they can say, oh, see, there's no problem. Here. <laughs> All right. That's see, I, I'm firmly in agreement with you. I started by thanking you uh, for standing up for General Flynn. Uh, I want to wrap up because we, we the, the, the clock is the master at the bottom of the hour. And thank you again for that real quickly. How can people help you or or, or get in touch with you? They can go to defendingtherepublic.org to make contributions to the, our nonprofit that is working to help defend all these cases and to defend me now that I'm under a massive yeah. attack from the Attorney General of Michigan and yep. uh, the city of Detroit and everything else. Follow me on Twitter at Sydney Powell, the number one. Twitter's depressing the heck out of me. <laughs> and go to our right. website, kraken-wood.com where we're aggregating the news that's important for people to see on these issues. There it is. Sydney Powell joins us on the Rush Limbaugh program. Real pleasure, Sydney. Go with God's good grace and protection. Coming up, Louis Gomer. Just around the corner, more discussion of election fraud with Representative Louis Gomer. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. What do you guys think? Oh, she's awesome. <clears throat> she is awesome. She's a, she's a true American patriot, and she... Uh, if there's one person besides this podcast that's been continuously holding the line since election night, I think it's probably Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. I think she's listening. She might be. She's probably no one. I'll tell you one thing. Or she's taking a ride in uh, Trump's time machine. What if she's getting her info from us? That's, that, that's what point I was just going to make. Sydney <laughs> <laughs> Powell, if you're listening, shout us out. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're new Give our, us some plugs. If you're a new listener to our show, welcome. But if you've been listening for the past couple months then welcome. well welcome. yeah you're also welcome <laughs> welcome back but that, but at the same time you're going back and hearing sydney powell i don't want to say regurgitate but basically reiterate yeah right. reiterate hit a bunch of the yeah. talking points that we've we've covered on this show um all the way up from she talked about the four corrupt cities on the night of the election unprecedented that counting stopped in detroit milwaukee atlanta and philadelphia the ballot dumps she talked about the um, what else did she cover? Biden and Hillary. She, well, one of the good things, right? About, she she brought up the 2016 election where Hillary and, uh, demanded Bernie, Bernie and Bernie took the hush money, right? Egypt. And that's yeah. something that we covered over a month ago. And, and you, you that know, that one's so big to me because it shows that they already had the algorithm to beat Trump in this coming this election. Years, yeah. Yeah. She, she actually made a really good point at the end of that interview too that. It doesn't really matter who's going to vote in the Georgia election because they may have already rigged it to the yeah. Republicans both win. So they say, look, there's nothing wrong with the Dominion voting system, mm -hmm. the system that they have set in place for the federal elections and the state elections and stuff of that nature. So, I mean, you know, we thank you guys for bearing with us while we let that play out. But we just feel like she's such an integral part of this machine that's yeah. going on right now in regards to holding the line and someone who's a true American patriot and, and someone that stood up to the corrupt swamp in dc 
Yeah. And one of the things I like that she does is is not just, hey, this election's stolen, and she doesn't leave it at that. Like, she produced evidence that she believes the algorithm was flawed, and which is of- why all, the election night, all these counties stopped counting because the algorithm got so skewed that it started creating all these anomalies in their voting software and all this... You know, yeah, we were talking false about results. the red wave, and yeah. I think the red wave is just so much more extreme than anybody would have believed that they had no idea it was coming. And that's what I like is that she's not just blatantly going, hey, this election is all false, everything was stolen, and leaving it at that, which there's a lot of conservative voices that are doing that. She's actually coming out with evidence going, look, this is how we think they did it. This is the result. This is why, you know, Georgia said the night of they had a flood and they had to stop counting, which is total horse shit. And to the point where it's, you know, like at the beginning of that host that stepped in for Rush was saying, is it has a judge heard this? Right. And that's the point that, you know. What did she say? She said no. No, she said no. every judge will take into account what the case is, but not one judge at the federal level has taken into account anything on merit that they've presented, which means they've refused to review and weigh in on it in any way, shape, and form the evidence. And we've covered this in the last couple of weeks. Texas called out the Supreme Court based off John Roberts' hot mic leak to a staffer that was mm-hmm. leaked to the media saying yeah. that cities weren't burning during Bush v. Gore, so they didn't want to weigh in on this. And that's basically what it all goes back down to. You know, uh, H.E. Barr, and I don't have the audio for it, but after he stepped down, he spoke at a dinner and gave comments in regards to election fraud and he said he understands and knows number one there's election fraud number two it's widespread and coordinated but the fact of the matter is is that no one wants to step up to the plate and it shouldn't have to go to the department of justice at the federal level when there's so many other levels of mitigation that it can go through before it gets to there yeah and so much obvious corruption that's one thing going back to my dad and i were talking And he's not a very political guy, but, you know, the last four years, you're kind of forced to pick a side, you know, draw a line in the sand. He's always been very conservative, but him and I have talked, and, I, and I've showed, shared him some of the evidence that we've produced on this show. And it's like, dude, there's widespread, there's a good chance Trump can still win this. That's what we're hoping. That's what we're praying for. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much evidence is, is produced. It's a matter of will that evidence supersede the amount of corruption that's in play and that's the name of the game right now is not so much proving that this election is stolen because a lot of people believe this election was jacked that it was rigged it's not a matter of if it was rigged it's a matter of will we see the day in the sun in court and will it be will justice be served that's that's the main thing that we're fighting for at this point is not so much oh this election was stolen a lot of dude more than half of this country believes that this election was rigged. Well, I think there was just so much. I think there was, and I think I said this a few episodes back, there was so many just people acting on their own mm-hmm. to try to do their part to, yeah. you know, keep Orange Man bad from getting back in that it just skewed everything to the point where they were like, well, fuck, okay, everybody stop. Stop. Yeah. Halt. Yeah, and then, you know. Yeah, the attorney in general in Michigan where they had the Antrim County audit which we've covered on this show and showed blatant, ridiculously wrong 
things going on with the Dominion voter machines, with the voter tallies, with the audit rolls, with the voter lists. The AG in Michigan is now going after people who are making claims that voter fraud happened in the 2020 presidential election and trying to ruin their careers as lawyers, citizens, you know, people providing testimony or or even going out on social media. Yeah. When it goes back to last week from the episode parts that I remember before I consumed too much beer. Okay. We Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, what does 90% of the U.S. population use their internet browser? Google. Mm -hmm. Google has, it's a proven fact that they dictate search results and they favor one side of the political party. So when you Google something, it's filtered. When you DuckDuckGo or one of these other unbiased search engines, you get completely different results. So, you know, you have people, maybe people are on the fence. I don't know if this was, election was stolen, if it was rigged, blah, blah, blah. And they Google that and then their mind is made up based on their Google results. That just puts another nail in the coffin for well, conservatives and, because and the echo chamber they live in on cor- social 100%. media, one hundred percent. And that every you know every social media platform aside from Parler, which still hasn't gotten big enough. I to, haven't logged back in in forever. I, I'm with you on that. It's it's kind of clunky. It's hard to to buy into it. But a majority of the people, even the fifty percent that's on the fence or or whatever the percentage is, it may be people that are unbiased. Those people. Use Google. They use Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're, and every every I've political post. All those apps from my phone. Man, I use the web web based versions of all those now. If I use them at all, it's tough. And it sucks yeah. because it is garbage. The web based version is yeah, one hundred percent. And that's the hard part is that we got to the point now where ninety percent of the information that is available on the internet is all filtered and it's all controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people will Google, did Trump steal this, or did Biden steal this election? And then the minute you do that. You know, your Facebook ads change and the algorithm of what you see on Facebook changes. You know, and, you, and even Sydney Powell said in that interview on Russia's show that she's on Twitter, but here's a caveat that nobody's she gets censored. Yeah, that yeah. nobody's seeing that because and they're calling her a crazy conspiracy theorist now, even though he laid out her resume of over 500 federal yeah. lawsuits. Under and her even, belt. dude, the president of the United States should have an unbiased platform to speak his mind, her mind, whatever. And is she really? And he is, can't. Is she really that big of a conspiracy theorist? If a couple of days before that narrative started getting leaked to the media, she was in the Oval Office with him for a private meeting. It's not like none of us can drive up to the sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue and be like, "Hey, you want to know what? I support the president, so I want to go meet in the Oval Office with him." That's yeah. not the way it works. No. So, in in between those two interviews and over the course of the weekend, Sydney Powell released two hundred seventy pages of affidavits, evidence, and testimony from her nu- numerous witnesses and sources. Uh, she produced it online. Uh, she gave it to the Gateway Pundit, who produced the article. Those documents included military and federal agency testimony and details detailing everything from interference from foreign sources, the origin of voting machine fraud, cybersecurity intrusions into the U.S., election systems, and more. Uh, the author wrote, Powell contends that documents in, in this article prove direct foreign interference and fraud in the November 3rd presidential election, and that President Donald Trump was basically reelected, and the entire binder is reproduced here for use exclusively. So she's not going to produce every single piece of hardcore evidence that she has, the slam dunks that are going to be eventually needed to be used in court, whether it be at the federal level or per special counsel. 
but she is giving a lot of direct, mm-hmm. you know, and she has sworn affidavits. I believe it's over 6,000 right now. God. And some of those are coming from active members of the military and active people who are employed by the federal government. And you're talking about FBI, CIA, mm-hmm. DHS, things of that nature. So, so here's a question. <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, there's countless affidavits, you know, examples of evidence that this was stolen. You know, let's get down to brass tacks. What are the odds that all of this evidence gets its day in court? Well, it might not have to get its day in court. It might get its day in the joint session of the House and Senate when they have January 6th Electoral College Volume 2. So as conservatives that are Trump supporters... What's the calendar looking like for the next couple of weeks? Well, we're going to get into that in a minute, but I think one thing we have to hit up before we get into January 6th is the good old voter fraud roundup <laughs> that we have every week. Um, released yesterday um, from Pennsylvania lawmakers, and I'm citing now from an article uh, coming out of the state of Pennsylvania. Quote, the numbers don't add up. Certification of presidential results, premature and in error. A group of lawmakers performing extensive analysis of election data today, which is yesterday, revealed a troubling troubling discrepancy between the numbers of total votes counted and the total numbers of voters who voted in the 2020 general election. And as a result, are questioning how the results of the presidential election could have possibly been certified by the Secretary of State and Governor. These findings are in addition to prior concerns regarding the actions by the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the Secretary, and others impacting the conduct of the election. They're talking about changing the voter laws on the fly. So basically what they're alleging is that um, there was close to 200,000 more votes cast in Pennsylvania than voters eligible. Uh, the error is twice the size between originally alleged, and after two months of investigation, the state of Pennsylvania is now in error by more than 200,000 votes. Um, Russ Diamond, a Pennsylvania lawmaker, tweeted, numbers don't add up, certification of presidential results premature and in error. So it's looking like they had basically like 69... 6.9 million votes cast statewide, and there was a little bit more than 6.7 voters eligible in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> how many how many legacy media platforms are touching any of this? That's a good point. I actually have it written right here. As of today, this afternoon, at about noon, I was perusing the legacy media um, channels for some drive-by headlines. Uh, the number one headline that was going around, and for most fuckedly, was us in California, where we're all broadcasting out of. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued an extension to our stay-at-home order, uh, which encompasses most of the state, and we will remain that way for another three weeks without review. I identify oh as uh, broadcasting from Texas. Right? <laughs> in addition to that... Uh, on CNN, they did a short segment on how there has still been produced, they quoted, 0% evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. 0%. Huh. 0%. Huh. Oh, my God. Yep. And that Wrong. number that number's coming out of uh, the office of president-elect? <laughs> I wish. 
So there's no such thing. I know. Right. So I'm looking at this thing right now. This is the 2020 general election Pennsylvania voter deficit. This was produced at the end of that study, which I just read from briefly. Total ballots cast 6,962,607. Okay. Sure data for all voter rolls, QC, it says there are 6,776,230 voters in the state of Pennsylvania. That is a total discrepancy of 202,377 more ballots than certified voters who voted. Huh. Yep. So there, that's where we're at right now. Pennsylvania has a voter roll of 6.76 million people and 6.962 voted. So how do how do how do they explain that? Uh, they haven't yet. Um, but, but here's the thing. What would be some Figures. hypotheticals? Some hypotheticals is if they don't hear it, they're placing a lot of weight on a shoulder of uh, Vice President Mike Pence. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. Um, just want to round up what else is going on around the country. We have, uh, out of Arizona, they are taking their electoral challenge to um, the Supreme Court. Um, and that is in regards to the cases that they have for ballot recounts, uh, out-of-state voters, illegals voting, <laughs> parking lot voting, and Dominion voting machines, which has a, uh, what are those things called? When the court says, fucking give us the shit. Subpoena. Subpoena. Mm. That, that, the, that the council of Maricopa County has still refused to turn over the Dominion voting machines. Now we're like two weeks away. It's getting to that point of the show. Uh, reading from the AZ Central. State GOP Chairwoman Kelly Ward and other Arizona Republicans have joined a Texas congressman in suing Vice President Pence to upend the process for electoral college votes and overturn the votes of the electoral college and election. Uh, this lawsuit, which tacked on Louis Gohmert, also encompasses a lot of the voting inconsistencies which have been going on in the state of Arizona, which include out-of-state voters, illegals voting, voter fraud, and subpoenas for the Dominion voting machines. So that's what's going on in Arizona. And then last but not least, Georgia, which has been an absolute shit show since the election, they're going to conclude their voter uh, signature verification audit this week, which sampled, I believe, 15,000 ballots out of 155,000 ballots because the claims there were that the uh, algorithm that basically QCs the signatures on the ballots for the mail-ins were turned all the way down for this election. Uh, for instance, I think in the 2018 midterms, there was a 6.4% error rate. And for the 2020 general elections, it was less than 1%. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing about them yeah. changing this, the settings on those. We, we've talked about this in the show, too. So, you know, that, that's, that's what's going on pretty much in our, in our voter fraud roundup from around the country. I think one of the things we need to get into, and most importantly, is where we go from here. That's what Nick alluded to briefly. Um, Mike Pence was sued by the GOP uh, yesterday. Uh, a group of con congressional Republicans led by Texas Representative Louis Gohmert is suing Mike Pence to prevent him from confirming Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 presidential election. January 6th, Pence is set to preside over the Congress 
meeting to count the Electoral College votes as the president of the Electoral College, which will officially cement Joe Biden as the next president according to the 1887 Electoral Count Act that designates the vice president as the official to preside over the meeting. But the lawsuit, which lists Arizona Republican Party Chair Kelly Ward among a dozen additional plaintiffs, claims that the actions that declares Biden the winner of the election will be, therefore, fraudulent. Uh, the civil action seeks an expedited declaratory judgment finding that the electoral dispute resolution provisions in Section 15 of the Electoral Count Act 3 U.S.C. 5 and 15 are unconstitutional because these provisions violate the Elector's Clause and the 12th Amendment of the Constitution suit reads according to an ABC affiliate in Texas. So basically what's going on is because we had Texas in the U.S. versus Pennsylvania, because we've had widespread allegations of voter fraud and irregularities across the United States, which are documented via affidavits, uh, witness testimonies, audio, video, social media, not heard by any court due to any merit, we're getting to basically like the life preserver of this all, saying that Mike Pence at the end of the day has the ability to certify or not propose electoral votes on January 6th in regards to who wins the election. Now, Pence could go one of three ways. He can either certify the votes that are proposed based off the popular vote, which would be in the contested states and swing states, Democrat. Pence could say there's so much allegations of widespread voter fraud and uh, election irregularities that he could take those votes and say, I don't want the Democratic votes. Because this wasn't resolved, I'm going to go with the Republican contingent and I'm going to take those votes and award them to Trump. Or he could say, due to the fact that all this shit's going on, no court will hear it. They're shitting on everyone who's fucking saying that it's worth a shit in regards to anything doing with fraud anywhere. And no one will listen to it all the way up from state, federal, Supreme Court. They're all just dismissing it. No one's listening to the merit. I, as the president of the Electoral College, say, for instance, Pennsylvania, your votes, 20, don't count. Georgia, your votes, 20, don't count. Michigan, your votes, 16, don't count. Arizona, 11, don't count. Nevada, 6, don't count. New Mexico, I don't even know why you're here. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I don't even know how many fucking electoral votes you're worth. They're not counting either. Which a point, which is something we've talked about on the show to great deal, we head towards no one hitting 270, and therefore a contingent election where each state based off of states, one vote, not uh, delegates, multiple votes in the House of Representatives will pick the president. The current list is 27 Republican states to 22 Democratic, regardless of the amount of people that they have delegate wise uh, and control the House of Representatives. So that basically what I'm saying is the House of Repre Representatives is controlled by a majority of delegates who are Democratic, but they come from states who have a lot of delegates, the Republicans control the, the most amount of states who will vote in a contingent election. So it's 27-22 Republican right now. So a lot of people are speculating that this lawsuit that Mo Brooks or uh, Louis Gilmert has proposed and people like Mo Brooks and a lot of other representatives, you got uh, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. um, we have Bobert, you have um, Marjorie Green, uh, all jumping on saying that they want a court to hear that Mike Pence should not 
certify votes that are contestant as fraudulent, which would put both candidates under 270, which would send it to a contingent election. What do you guys think of that one? That's huge. Yeah. Huge. I kind of feel like that's where it's going to end up. Yeah. I mean, everybody, and legacy media is trying to squash it, saying, oh, you want to know what? Everybody threatened to not certify the votes for Donald Trump's 2016 election, and there's been a lot of other elections in the past where they said they threatened to not certify those votes, but at the end of the day, they still get certified. Uh, I, I think 2020 is such a fucked up year, we might be heading to, towards one of those moments in time for our country in history where we might see something that we're going to kind of remember for the rest of our lives. So here's two questions. When Trump gets sworn in for another four years, one, mm. how bad do you think the riots are going to be? And two, how quick do you think Fox News is going to sell out back to being pro-Trump? All right. I'll answer. The first one is the riots will be worse than anything we've ever seen before, probably since the civil rights era. Yep. And... I don't think anybody's going to go back to Fox. Fox News is, is losing to CNN and MSNBC in every show every night now. I was literally watching Fox News probably... But how dare you give them a fucking stat? No, before the election, oh, okay. probably yeah. like at least two, three full hours a day. Yeah, we used to play a lot of Fox News. In the News morning and there. right before bed, you know, or before work. The Literally the night of the election, I saw that the tides change kind of. I haven't... In our house, we haven't watched literally since November 3rd. Haven't had Fox News on our TV. Neither have I. Neither have I. I, I bet they come back 100%. If Trump well, they'll wins, try, but they're already lost. Oh, 100%. Well, they're going to make an attempt, but. Murdoch's out and his kids are in now. I mean, his kids are kind of liberal douchebags. I mean, remember, on the night of the presidential debate, that was hosted by douchebag Chris Wallace. Mm. <sighs> he was flown back. Very from, punchable face. Right. From wherever they a had that debate. Spinning back elbow face. To wherever the Murdoch kids were. And they celebrated the debate with champagne at the airport. Okay. That's where we're at with Fox News right now. So if you ever think about going back. If you ever think about missing it. You get drunk and you're like, fuck. Oh, God. I just want to hear one Tucker Carlson cold open. <laughs> Instead of calling your ex, you're going to go back. <laughs> just one. Just, won't hurt. I just hey, want to. If you want to watch Tucker's cold open, go listen to it on Twitter. Go listen to it on Instagram. Don't give Fox News a fucking stat because they sold out on You know what would be amazing? Is if Bill O'Reilly came back to, he came to Newsmax. But you know what? Newsmax is kind of. I noticed that they added an early morning show. They're, they're trying to get there. Yeah, I saw the other day that there's a guy who hosts the show at 4 a.m. Pacific time, and he also hosts, like, one of the latest shows on the day. So Good I don't know God. if he just lives at wherever they're at. He's or just he's, trying to make it work. Or he's he doing sleeps both, less than you do. Yeah, or he's, or he's doing both shows on a green screen from his house. So it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm reading this article uh, right now. It's um, from Louis Gohmert's personal government website. And he's basically alluding to the fact, in regards to this lawsuit against Mike Pence, and I'm paraphrasing now, it's for this reason that I and other plaintiffs have filed a complaint for expeditionary, declarative, and emergency injunctive relief to seek judgment from the court on Vice President's authority when presiding over the Senate during the joint session of Congress for the Electoral College. We are asking the court to uphold the powers laid out in the United States Constitution which grant to Vice President the exclusive authority and sole discretion in determining which electoral votes count. 
As outlined in the filing, the Electoral Count Act is unconstitutional because it directs the Vice President to legitimize the electoral votes in violation of the Elector's Clause and limits and eliminates the 12th Amendment authority to determine which slates of electors could be counted and which, if any, may not be counted. And he's talking about the seven states right now that have contested election results. That's Republican and Democratic delegates both sent to the Electoral College contesting the results of their state's popular vote election. He goes on to say, Thanks to spineless politicians, corrupt state officials, and coordinated effort to undermine the will of the American people in favor of business as usual in the Washington, D.C. swamp, that's everything we've covered in today's show from the beginning with the NDAA, the Omnibus Act, what they're doing to Sidney Powell, etc. Um, we now find ourselves in a place where a stolen election becomes just another one of those miscarriages of justice this town refuses to remedy. He's referring to Washington, D.C. The D.C. justice elites want to sweep these electoral injustices under the rug, and as they've done with countless other scandals such as Russia collusion hoax, Biden-Ukraine quid pro quo, and Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified information, to mention only a few. For the sake of the future of our republic, come January 6th, Vice President Mike Pence must be authorized to uphold the legal votes of millions of Americans and preserve our nation's greatest experiment in self-governance. Can we just go over a couple stats real quick? Okay, I know we've heard it before, and we've regurgitated them at nauseum. Okay? Most incumbent popular votes in the history of the United States. Now over 74 million. Jeez. 18 of 19 Bellwether counties. Four of four Bellwether states, if you include Iowa. Okay? Double or triple every sub-demographic across the board never has been done. How the fuck did we get to this point in our country where we are literally being ridiculed, called conspiracy theorists, and being laughed about across the board. What there's there's so much more evidence that Donald Trump won this election than Joe Biden. And it's just a fucking shame that we're here right now. Well calling somebody a conspiracy theorist, calling somebody a racist, calling somebody XYZ is just that's just the fucking it's two plus two is always four. And like in the last uh the last article you were reading They can try to sweep all this stuff under the rug all they want, but really, if you just look at how people are actually acting, like, people are still boarding shit up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they're, they're not expecting yeah. this, like, they can hope, hope and pray all they want, but they're not expecting this to go the way that it seems like, Mm-mm. just like a Kamala Harris not uh, giving up her seat. Yep. Why? Like, why wouldn't you give up your seat? Come on, it's I know fucking you, shoe in. you're probably just a casual listener. Yeah. Kamala, but if you're listening, give up your seat. Oh, yeah. You guys want my Kamala fun fact of the week? It's going to be the, the first and probably a very few segments. <clears throat> Is it the fact that she celebrated Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and Christmas all in the same week? Exactly. Kamala Harris went on. Oh, her, her favorite childhood memory of, uh, of a uh, holiday that didn't come into vogue into the late 2000s or early <laughs> 2000s. Actually, till Disney Channel populated it, popularized it, popular whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't judge me, dude. 
We're just, two hours I in. I literally just watched you pick up every can of beer on the table to see, see if there was <laughs> anything in it. <laughs> I, some of those might not even be yours. How dare you? They're all mine. Well, it's pretty safe to say that we're rounding third right now. We but, have to. But anyways. I have to pee so bad. So Kamala Harris tweeted out some cringeworthy Ugh. claim that she celebrated Kwanzaa forever. Long story short was... Kwanzaa was created by an incarcerated felon in 1971 by a guy who used to torture women. And I'm saying to the extent of beating them with electrical cables, feeding them laundry detergent. Well, what gauge? And running water through their mouths like a washing machine to get it out. Hmm. Yes. So Felice Navidad. Right. Kamala Harris, if you're really the future president of the United States, step up to the big kids table and fucking give up your Senate seat. Because everybody knows you're full of shit and you know what's coming. Well, how often do people hang on to their Senate seats just in case? Is, right. that, is that like a thing? I, I know just based off of recent memory, it was uh, former President Barack Hussein Obama. 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 <laughs> Obama. Who gave up his Senate seat the week before Thanksgiving. Back in 2008? Yeah. Mm. Where are we now? We're, we're a few days out. Mm. Three days from New Year's. Oh, snap. Like, I mean, how, how, what's the statute of limitations for calling super seat savers? Right. I guess. She probably called super, super seat savers. Oh, super, January, January super, 19th. Super right? Kwanzaa seat saver. I just can't wait to see John <laughs> Roberts fucking. Yo, John Roberts is going to be that crying NPC face <laughs> meme. <laughs> Holding the fucking Bible that Donald Trump's swearing on. It's going to be him next to the girl with the pink beanie. Yeah, exactly. So you know who else is fed up with all this bullshit? The world's smartest man. Oh. Yeah, there is a guy named Chris Langan. What's his IQ? He's tested anywhere between nine, 195 and 210, depending on the test. Uh, his, his IQ is actually much higher than Stephen Hawking's. Well, Stephen Hawking's Yeah, he's, like... been, he's been shunned for his... Uh, and views? ignored by the establishment. The world's smartest man, Chris Lagan, seems fraud in the 2020 election and suggests we perform the election again. Free from Dominion voting systems and other fraud. Per report from Ulysses S. Tennyson at the 100%fedup.com, smartest man in the world sees the results of the election clearly. He states, um, in a pinned tweet, pin tweet that the election was stolen, he tweeted this week a Donald Trump motivational video and said, we all expected this. You did too. The question is, did you sufficiently prepare? And that goes back into what we're talking to. People are still boarding up uh, businesses. Langan went on to later tweet, the cheating criminals who are stealing this election in broad daylight are laughing at us and stuffing the U.S. into their pockets. Our president must not let them do this. Everything is riding on this election. Kick the cheaters in their asses at real Donald Trump. Nice. I like it. So. Savage. Yeah, he went on a little bit later to tweet, let me repeat, nothing can be taken for granted. The president has a terrible judge of character. Half of his closet appointees have knifed him in the back, were fired, and once safely outside began twisting the knife. As far as the GOP is concerned, it is run for personal profit by, and I'm quoting now, cucktards. Like, did <laughs> <laughs> we just come up with a new term for right? the smartest C man in the world? Yeah, Holy China Mitch McConnell is cowardly shit. and contemptible as a... Cucktard. <laughs> Milky toast has ever been besmirched the U.S. Senate has ever seen. Milk toast? With his pack of evil clowns, all bets are off. Wow. So hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Satan and his legions are making their move. 
So it's fight or be eaten. This is a t-shirt. Way yeah, I like them. it. I think hashtag cucktards. <laughs> <laughs> now that's so, trending. Yeah, I don't hate that. You know what's not trending is steak for podcast. Breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Steak for breakfast podcast. It's never trending. Um, so you're shadow banning yourself. God damn it. And we haven't heard in a couple weeks, Eric Coomer, uh, who is Dominion's vice president of U.S. engineering, according to his bio, um, and was later promoted to Dominion Voting Systems Officer of Strategy and Security. Strategery. Right? Has <laughs> since been removed from the Dominion pages of all directors. Uh, he's been going around dropping cease and desists on people like Sidney Powell and other government officials in regards to him saying that his hardware, software, etc. helped Joe Biden steal the 2020 presidential election. I got one of those. Right? Um, yeah, our show should probably get one of those. <laughs> don't, so. don't jinx it. <laughs> Cease and desist immediately. Right? He, he produced one to uh, Sidney Powell via her lawyer, Lynn Wood, um, about a week ago, to which Lynn Wood responded, I don't see any credibility in regards to your lawsuit. Bring it on. I like Lynn Wood. He's a little wild sometimes. Yeah, you know I, what? But I like it. His fireside chats are wholesome. We don't talk about him on this show a lot. Here's the thing. It's not, it's I, not I know fun that, to say I, I know there's no. <laughs> we will never talk about Linwood the same way we talk about Linwood. So, Linwood does have some wholesome content. Here's the thing: I do believe he's a patriot. I do believe in the big scheme of things. His whole motivation for stopping the steal in the 2020 presidential election is probably geared more towards him losing relevancy in regards to his career down the road. Um, It's been well documented that he's been a Democratic donor. Uh, There are no confirmations on whether or not he voted for Donald Trump in either of his elections, but he has been out there trying to rally the base. Uh Um, Let's just get this out there real quick. Show of hands, and uh, and I'll tell our listeners what we're looking at. Does anyone in this room, we're all from Southern California, give a fuck about the Georgia... Uh, Senate elections. Well, they're important, but I don't give a fuck. I'm looking for a show of hands. I did not put my hand up. Uh, Neither did I. Nick? I can't raise my hand. Right. Right now we have Kelly (laughs) Loeffler down about a percent and Senator Perdue up by like percentage points of a percent. I both think they're very establishment Republicans. I both think that they're not part of the MAGA movement. Um, I think they support Donald Trump on face value only. What he's worth, please, God, let me get another rally. I'm going to put this out there. I think the Senate runoff the day before, there's going to be a huge fucking rally in Georgia and Donald Trump's going. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he, he announced it. Yeah, the day before. He'll, he'll be there. And if he gets either either one of these two retards over the finish line, it, it'll solely be because he got people out to vote. Period. Um, you don't think it's because they rigged it so that the Republicans won? <laughs> Dude, based off all the shit that's going on with the NDAA, with the ominous bill, with the government shutdown, not shutdown, with nobody hearing the voter fraud and inconsistencies in court stuff, the swamp is not just career Democrats, it's career politicians, period. We need to recognize that. 
We need to recognize that there's a new movement within the Republican Party that goes beyond the Republican Party and encompasses all those who really give a shit about our country. And I feel like this is the last chance we have to not disenfranchise that base and this movement or we're going to pay for it for decades to come. Yeah. If Donald Trump is not the next president of the United States, then this country is going to be fucked for 25 years minimum. That's just mine. And they already have reports out, Wall Street Journal, other financial companies reporting that where it looked as at the beginning of the Trump presidency, we wouldn't see China surpassing us economically before the 2040s or 2050s. Now they have China surpassing us at an economical level uh, as early as 2028. Yeah. And that's with a Biden presidency forecast. Just based off of the concessions he's going to give, the trade deals he's going to include himself in, and all the money we're going to send all over the world instead of investing in here. The trade deals that China Mike, Mitch McConnell, I don't know why I said Mike. Mike. (laughs) You were checking your mic, but you meant China Mitch. Yeah, China Mitch is going to approve. So there is a... Silicon Valley billionaire. He goes by the name of Alki David. He's a billionaire businessman. Also a podcast. Is that a nickname or? No, that's his name. Alki? Uh, he has offered $1 million. $1 million. For any comeuppance in Dominion voting systems regarding Eric Coomer. That's Ooh. why I had brought him up recently. Yeah. Because Eric Coomer has been going around with his lawyers trying to put out every fire that he's created with his shitty software and hardware. Now, this Silicon Valley billionaire has said, I will offer $1 million for any information that leads to his corroboration in the stolen election of 2020. And he actually tweeted that headline and said, please pass this on to Eric Coomer, Vice President of Sales at Dominion. Thanks. Got it. I liked it. Now, um, anything else I got? I got, oh, a new Gallup poll came out today for the first time in a dozen years. A dozen? Barack Obama will not be the most admired man in America. Trump passed him up. Trump passed him up. Wow. So someone who did not win the election in 2020 because it was a referendum on him, even though 18 of 19 Bellwether counties, four out of four Bellwether states, including Iowa, more incumbent votes in the history of the Republican Party with all those sub-demographics doubled or tripled, and now the most admired man in America, per the Gallup poll, still didn't win the election. Still. Hmm. It's probably only because of his good-looking hair that hasn't turned gray like every other president in the world. Well, it looks like cotton candy. <laughs> Would you taste it? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. <laughs> It's probably a weave. I'm just kidding. I love his hair. <sighs> Looking into the week ahead, we're going to see some volleying back and forth between the uh, money that's guaranteed to the American people, whether it's going to be 600 or 2000 I can assure you only one thing. We're not getting it anytime soon because these assholes are now... Oh, yeah, they're going to yeah, drag their feet. Yeah, throwing it back and forth. Um, what else do we have? Next week... Can we commit to do the show on Wednesday? Tuesday's going to be a shit show. Tuesday's the Electoral 
College Volume 2. I'm down. I'm down Wednesday. Two, I can do Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another problem. The, the earlier the better, because I, I work, obviously. All right, now you're talking about show technicalities, which we do not need to bring up on the fucking air. We just lost probably, like, three viewers. <laughs> they they mean all three? There goes half our viewership. <laughs> Stop it. Um, there are several places via the web that you can find us. Via the web. Right. Steak for breakfast podcast at gmail.com. Okay, that's our business email. We're on Instagram at steak, steak for, for breakfast. breakfast all one word, no, no underscores or no hash, don't, hyphens yeah. or any weird shit. I feel shit. like we need to make the account steak for podcast breakfast just because. <laughs> because <laughs> you know what? We're going to change the podcast name. No, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, just double, we'll double down. It's like, it's like ordering like every version of your website. You okay. Yeah. All Speaking of websites, we need to get one of those up. Yeah. We, yeah, there's a... We um, talked about this. There's a discrepancy. People are going to go look at it and it's not ours. Well, well it, it is, is ours, but it's an but it's outdated version on a different platform. It's, right. Don't do it. Um, Instagram, if you... iTunes, Spotify, Pandora... Yep. Please, for the love of God, download the episodes. Don't just stream it because that helps us with viewership. It helps us get more sponsors. If you download it for five minutes and then delete it, the download and then listen to the rest of it, we That's still totally get. The, yeah, right. Yeah, we're just trying to check out where our viewers are from. Uh, for those that don't, your IP dabble, addresses so we can dox you. One star voter. Oh, that fucking guy. We're Listen, whoever him. gave us a one star, that sign Trump had is yours. We just need a little bit of contact yeah, And a knuckle sandwich. For real, though, <laughs> if um, it helps us gauge our viewership when you actually download our episodes versus just streaming them. Um, if you just stream them, there's no way to really track the stats. Yeah, just sit there and click download on all of them while you're bored. Yeah. It doesn't hurt anything. New Year's Eve is coming up. These phones have You're going to be storage. at a New Year's Eve super spreader event. Grab everybody's phone, go into iTunes and Spotify, whatever they have on their phone, and then download our podcast episodes. Yeah, we're really close to a thousand episode or a thousand downloads total. Oh, we'll be a thousand episodes someday, my friend. Probably after this week. Yeah. Um, Do it. Yeah. So find us on all of those uh, podcasting platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Give us a rating. Podbean. Follow. We're on Podbean. 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 Yeah, we're there. Um, you can find me on Parlor at Rontour77. You can find me on Parlor, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. With that platform, it's kind of weird. And you have no followers. Our, our, our IG page is, is basically where it's at for fire memes, nice <laughs> posts. But Updates listen, on the show. I, I appreciate all the people that are tagging us in their stories and all the people that are tagging us on Instagram. That I, is a huge help. Yeah, it's absolutely enormous. We have a couple of people to mention. We the People Podcast Radio. We're looking to collab with them in the new year. Um, who else do we have? We have um, the Orange Man Podcast. They're uh, good friends of the show as well. That sounds like a good podcast. Yeah. Orange Man Bad, Bad Man Orange. No, it's not Orange Man Bad. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, you could probably get a lot of viewers just based on the name. True story. Um, we also have our fantastic posters of the week. Law of One, XOXO. Also doubles as Law's Law of One 2.0. Everybody can hear me fine. What I mean to say... Axia Queen 
And then Tom Pappert at the National File. Thank you for reporting the real news first. Mm-hmm. And Tracy Beans at DC Undercover. Hopefully you're uh, listening to our show and really appreciate the fact that we're supporting this narrative that you guys are trying to push at a national level from our grassroots standpoints. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week on Wednesday. And like you, I said, get do you think if uh, Raiden was here, he'd be uh, urging us to invest in uh, plywood companies? No, because they've already plied up almost everything. Yeah. Who knows? Well, this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan. Nick. Noah. Dakota. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you guys next week.